all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things, wherein Rachel has not yet been drinking. <laughs> you had a couple of sips. I did, just a little bit. I learned my lesson from last week because I sounded a fool. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh. You did not sound a fool. I, I did. Um, no. I, I did, objectively, yeah. Um,. We what, got what, a lot what, of very positive say, feedback. What, what really matters it. is the our audience enjoyed <laughs> drunk Rachel. Yes, very much apparently. I'm not sure if uh, I think they enjoyed that more than the actual story. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I apologize for not editing out the bathroom break. That was that has been that's the most mortifying thing I've done on this podcast yet. Hey, it, whatever. Is not edit out it, the it, bathroom break. It, I mean, not ha- like you could hear anything. It's just, it was no. just stupid. I'm good at editing that stuff out. Every indie podcast I've listened to at some point has something in there that they didn't want to be in there. Oh, and, yes. Yeah, whatever. Even not indie podcasts. Sure. I've heard big podcasts screw up on the editing. So, yeah, I'm not alone, but NPR would never do that, but. So instead for tonight, Rachel has just started to drink. Just now, and it's a (laughs) relatively light beer. So we managed to uh, get some of the last... You wouldn't let me get them all. I would not let you (laughs) You get them all. You made me leave one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Brewprint's last coconut lime sours of the season from Pharmacy. They are so good. So good. And I I am not a sour fan. mm. At all, but there's just something about this one that is just damn good. The coconut really offsets the mm-hmm. super, so it doesn't make it super sour. It doesn't make it like a regular sour, you know. Yeah, it, it it makes it a little sweet and very smooth. So hashtag Brewprint, hashtag Pharmacy. Yeah, we, that's right. We, we expect I we expect them. some f- free beers. I added added them on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. Nice. Yes. So and they'll be like, maybe. they'll be like, what is all bad things? And what? why are they? So, why, why are they? Why are like they us? adding us? Right. That's why. Adding. Any to adding. Anytime I uh, post about like the beer we're drinking or whatever, I never hashtag all bad things, which I usually do because then it makes it sound like we're insulting them, True. which I don't want to do. So. <laughs> yeah. No. This is what helps helps balance out the bad things, you see. I never thought about that for our name. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, all bad things, <laughs> right. full endorsement. Right? <laughs> like, uh, is that good? <laughs> right? Bad? It's like, you know, um, people who have sponsors, it's like, oh, go to suchandsuch.com slash whatever the podcast name is. Ours would be like bad things. No, we or, came up with ours a while ago. Ours, a body, ours, ours count. body count. Right. Hashtag body count. That's right. Somebody it's used that's, that the other day on Twitter It wouldn't be good either. Us. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> People be like, so this has caused how many drunken right? driving deaths? <laughs> Why is it hashtag body count? So anyway, um, more in housekeeping. A big thank you to everyone who has rate reviewed and rescribed. Yes, because the three R's. we've been getting quite the uptick in our lessons, which is fantastic. And um, we got we're up to like twenty eight 
ratings on iTunes, which was a big leap for us. We only had a few, and we now only we have had like four or yeah. five, something like that. Yeah, people's reviews are still very mixed on us. <laughs> no shock there. Somebody actually called me articulate and intelligent, which makes me think that people are only listening for like 30 seconds and then <laughs> deciding to write a review. It, mean, it means they haven't listened to last week's episode exactly. yet. Exactly. <laughs> Where I disappointed them so. So, yeah. They meant to say articulate and intelligent for somebody who's hammered. Yeah, I guess so. So I, uh, I wanted to call out to um, a... a a pod friend who I have not listened to yet, but they um, have been reaching out to us a bunch or um, just like liking and responding a lot on Twitter. Like liking? Like, like, did I say like liking? <laughs> <laughs> That's possibly the most millennial thing I said. They're like liking us on Twitter. Anyway. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's, uh, I think it's a relatively new podcast, an indie podcast. Um, called We Drink and We Know Things, which just oh, okay. the title sounds awesome. We could also call our show that. <laughs> but we drink and we don't know things. Well, we learn things. We drink and we learn we things. We drink and we learn things. Yes. There we go. Um, but apparently they do like true crime, paranormal. It kind of sounded like a little bit of last podcast on the left where it's sort of like all sorts of kind of weird and strange stuff that they cover. Um so shout out to those guys. It also appears to be, I think it's a man and a woman who host, and judging for their from their website, they might be together, like a couple, but I apologize to them both. <laughs> they are not, and I'm just making that assumption. So, But if you are, then shout out to fellow couple podcasters. Yes. That's fine. Like yeah. the doctor podcast. Sawbones, yes. Sawbones, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So do I'm going to guess those people have more money than we do, though. They have. They're <laughs> on a, a network or whatever. You well, know? just from the the whole being a doctor part. Well, that part too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, the the husband of that couple is a big gamer. I think. I think he interesting wrote a. He was like a video game journalist for a while or something. Oh. Anyway, I think he's he's big into that stuff. So he is the one. Because I was the one who told you that the Fallout 4 trailer had dropped initially. 76. The Fallout, Fallout 76. 76. Sorry. I, I assume it's always Fallout 4, but it's not. Fallout 76 trailer had dropped because he tweeted it. Um, because they're from West Virginia. And oh, yeah. So that that's was where the game. Yeah. That's where the new game will take place. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited. Yes, I know you are. It's only four months away. <laughs> less than four months away. Boy, yep. And then I'll never see you again. <laughs> well, you'll see me here. I'll be here. That's true. You'll be in the living room. Yeah. Yes. I'll be physically present. You'll be, yeah, only physically. <laughs> only physically here. So you have any housekeeping or anything? I do not. Let's uh, let's get into it. Let's let's get into it then. So today's um, today's topic is a listener suggestion. Got oh, it suggested nice. from two separate listeners, both of whom live in North Carolina. Oh, Our okay. listener, James, who I believe is local. He's like a triangle guy, a Raleigh guy. And from our listener, Kelly, who I believe is more in the Fayetteville area, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I'd have to look back on her email. But they both suggested this. So we are getting into our very first North Carolina disaster. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, when have we otherwise done a... North Carolina disaster. Yeah, yeah. I guess we. I just figured after as many episodes we've done, we 
done one by now, but I guess we haven't. No, we haven't. We haven't even visited our own state yet. Exactly. So, I present to you, for your consideration, the Hamlet Chicken Plant Fire. Okay. I've I've (laughs) I've never heard of this. Yeah, (laughs) neither had I. So, but this is a big deal in the state. I I really thought you were going to do the... uh, the tornadoes? No, the uh, the the explosion, the Conagra Foods explosion. Oh, that one was local to us. Mm-hmm. Like it was in Garner. Yeah. Right. I and think so. Something like that. Like eight years ago or something. I think so. Yeah. Like I th- yeah, I think 2010. Is it 2010? Yeah. Okay. That's where they that's where they made Slim Jims. Yes. <laughs> that's why you are invested <laughs> in it. You should just buy stock in Conagra because of Slim Jims. I should. I should at least be a smokes a spokesperson. Or a smokesperson. Or a smokesperson. I can be, I can do both. <laughs> yes, you could. I can be a Slim Jim spokesperson in Denver. <laughs> I can try some of their Kush and then have a Slim Jim. <laughs> well, in all fairness, you are also a smoker, so. Oh, that's yeah. So there could be that too. But so, on September third, nineteen ninety one, a fire at the Imperial Foods Chicken Processing Plant in Hamlet, North Carolina. Killed 25 workers wow. and injured an additional 54 in the worst industrial disaster in North Carolina history. Really? Now, that is not including mine disasters. Apparently, there was a mining disaster that was worse, which we'll have to get into at some point. Okay. But this is like a workplace industrial disaster, the worst in our state. Wow. Okay. I've mm-hmm. never heard of this. Me neither. Me neither. So... Yay for North Carolina disasters. (laughs) And you get a disaster. And you get a disaster. And we get a disaster. And you get a fire. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I realized recently that uh, when I I do my research, I tend to be super um, America-centric. Like, of course, because that's what we're like in America. We just assume everybody else sees everything through our lens. Um, And I realize I get so deep into geography in other countries, but never explain where anything is in America. I mean, like some places, New York City, I would figure you wouldn't necessarily have to or whatever. But but I, I don't get too much into it. So... And also because we know the area, I'm going to get a little bit into the North Carolina geography. And some of this is going to be a little bit, well, duh, for uh, obviously for North Carolinians, but also for Americans. But I figured, like, it's not fair to be super into the geography of... We, we do have international we listeners. We do, yeah. And I don't want to leave everybody out in the cold. So, so for those who don't know, for our non-American listeners or people who just don't know the East Coast or whatever... Um, North Carolina is on the east coast of America, our gigantic country. They're a very, very geographically large country. And we're technically considered the south or southeastern part of the United States. But geographically speaking, north to south, we're actually almost right in the middle. I was going to say, it's just past central on the coast. Yeah. And so... We're, like, just shy of... We're the very northern part of the South, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, yeah. Because then you get into uh, Delmarva and the Mid-Atlantic region, like, which is where D.C. is, where our nation's capital is. So, anyway, that's where North Carolina is, for those who don't know. We have... um, Virginia is to our north. The Atlantic Ocean is to our east. South Carolina, surprisingly, is to our south. Yes. Um, Also, a little bit of Georgia... 
uh, yes, yeah, a little sliver. Georgia, yeah. and Tennessee is to our west, mm-hmm. so that's kind of where we are geographically. It, we are. It's kind of a cool state in the topography. It is. I I love North Carolina. Yeah, it's, there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Our east coast is the beach and the <clears> ocean. And then that transitions into what's called the Piedmont area, which is a transitionary area to the mountains, because we have mountains in the western part of the state, um, specifically the Blue Ridge Mountains, which are part of the Appalachian Mountains. Um, I fought saying Appala- uh, I would say Appalachian for so long, but I've lived here for 12 years. Now it kind of naturally comes out Appalachian. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, just just to give you an idea of what you can do in the state, um, this was back. Well, it had to have been back in two thousand nine because that's the last time the Hurricanes made the playoffs. Oh. <laughs> Our local uh, NHL team, right? Um, the Carolina Hurricanes. Go Canes! Let's go Canes! <laughs> Let, let's seriously let's go. <laughs> let's go, let's please. Make, let's make the fucking playoffs <laughs> this year. Um, but just to give you an idea of what you can do in North Carolina. Uh, yeah, this was in 2009. We were at the a beach house for the weekend, and the very last day we were there was game four against the Devils in the first round. Anyway, <laughs> we went from you know being in the ocean, body surfing, to four hours later being at a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Well, so, we are only... So here in and not four hours it took to get from the it takes a little over two right right it was to get ready and yeah. then to go yeah yeah well and that's the thing so we are in Raleigh which is the state capital um, which is Pre- pretty much dead center in the state it is it's a little skewed east mm-hmm. though because it only takes us a couple drive hours to drive to the ocean that's but it's true like more like it takes a while to get to, get the, to mountains. the mountains yeah. yeah depending on where so um, and we're not the biggest city like. Population-wise in North Carolina, Charlotte is. Even though we're the capital, Charlotte is um, bigger population-wise. Raleigh Raleigh proper is about 500,000 people, so about half a million people. Charlotte is like over 800,000. Yeah, I was going to say they're closing so they're in on a million. To a million. Now, our, our, our overall region, our county is uh, at a million. And the Triangle, which includes Durham and Chapel Hill, which are to our west... That, that's a lot bigger population-wise. It's also a really booming area. Um, and there are a couple other bigger places. Um, Asheville, mm-hmm. near the mountains, is a larger sort of town, city, whatever. And so is Winston-Salem, I would say. And Greensboro. Yeah, Greensboro, places like that. But to give you an idea, and this is going to be important in this story, aside from those sort of enclaves of, like, city, North Carolina is really oh, goddamn yeah, rural. There's... In between a lot of those cities, there is nothing. It's very tiny which, towns. Which is why it reminds me of New York, another state. Right. The state I grew up in. Right. New York and North Carolina are very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. So aside from those metro areas, we have a lot of tiny towns, very rural, very agricultural, and very southern. Like, that's where you find the south in North Carolina is in the in the little cities and the little towns of North Carolina. So so Hamlet, where this disaster happened, is one of those tiny little towns. Uh, the whole town is only five square miles. So it's a little, yeah, little bitty kn- place. I know I've heard of it. Yeah, we'll get into okay, it in yeah. just a second. So there's a population currently about only 6,000 people. So this wow, is a this tiny is even smaller town. than the town I grew up in. Really? Wow. So oh, yeah. when we lived in Bram in Minnesota, there was... 
A thousand or fifteen hundred people. That's the smallest oh, town I've ever lived in. Well, Messina feels like a city now. <laughs> Messina, when I was growing up, was probably twelve to thirteen thousand people. Okay, still Something very like small, that. but yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, because our state is overall so rural um, and relies so much on agriculture, agriculture is a huge thing in North Carolina. We do have, a, I would say, a large amount. Of animal processing and packing plants. Oh yeah, they're, like they're all, yes, is they're all over here. the place in yeah. the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, as a vegan, this is not my favorite feature of our region, uh, but I do appreciate the produce farming. We have great farmers markets and stuff because of all the agriculture around. Now, Hamlet, even though now it's 6,000 people, it wasn't always quite as tiny as it is now. It actually was kind of a boom town in the 20th century, specifically in like the early 1900s, because of its rail access. We have railroads, for those who don't know, like Raleigh, you turn a corner and there's a fucking railroad. There are are tracks everywhere. You can hear a train from almost anywhere, you know, in in the city because there's just so many goddamn train tracks. Those goddamn trains. There's just so many. (laughs) And I say that because every time my band plays outside, somehow there's a train nearby that blows its damn whistle and makes it hard to hear. So anyway... um, so, but when train companies consolidated in the latter part of the 20th century, this boom town of Hamlet basically busted, and it was a lot harder for people to find work. So, people got work wherever they could, and that included the local Imperial Foods chicken processing plant. So, uh, the the... Imperial Foods, the actual name of the company was Imperial Foods Products Incorporated. Uh, now, there, this is not to be confused. I looked them up, and like what popped up first, there's an Imperial Foods company that's like a gourmet basket sort of food company. That is not who we are talking about here. This this is a very different... Um, it would be who we were talking about if those baskets came full of dead chicken parts. <laughs> yes, but they do not. <laughs> If you think about it... Here, I got the chitlins, Mom. <laughs> chitlins don't come from chickens. Come I, from I was, pigs. I'm just kidding. Oh, that was okay. a joke. <laughs> well, I was just fact-checking your joke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so the imperial foods of our story, this processing plant, processed chicken, obviously poultry. Now, I could be a truly obnoxious vegan and go into all sorts of detail about what happens at these plants, but I'll leave that to your imagination. You could be like the vegan I saw on a YouTube video the other day, and it was so outrageous, it was hysterical. What? Um, This girl, like, is in a restaurant. She's pretending that she's lost her little girl, and she makes it revealed that her little girl is a chicken named Snow, and... (laughs) A chicken (laughs) named Snow. Snow, and that she was suffered all her life, and now people are eating her. And I think the slogan was, it's, it wasn't, it's not meat, it's murder or something, but it was along the, anyway, it was so cringeworthy and like, so because, you know, somebody who's demonstrating about their baby chicken snow (laughs) in a restaurant doing like a protest doesn't have real problems in her life. So that made it, (laughs) that made it just special funny. I think that. 
that's the that's the biggest thing. I'll go off on a slight vegan tangent here. Um, I think that's that's probably my least favorite things thing about a lot of vegans, or maybe the stereotype of vegans because of people like that, is that veganism is a privileged position to take. Oh yeah. Because you know, if you can be that picky about your food, clearly yeah. you're privileged. I'm pretty sure nobody in Liberia is a vegan. Right. Right. <laughs> Or, or somebody in a food desert, you know. <laughs> so I, I fully acknowledge that as a vegan, I'm in a highly privileged position to be so. Living in a big city helps too. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and so that's, I, I think it's, I think that people who get high and mighty over veganism need to like check themselves because that's a really obnoxious thing to do. Anyway, moving on. So this processing plant, like I said, not going to get into the details, but obviously they like, you know, the whole mechanically separated chicken or whatever mm-hmm. that probably did that grinding, mm-hmm. um, making chicken nuggets, chicken patties, stuff like that, basically made, made from mechanically separated chicken parts. Yeah. Um, at least not the slime or whatever. You've seen the stuff about McDonald's chicken nuggets, right? I thought that was about their burgers. No, the, the slime that their chicken nuggets are made out? Anyway. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I won't go. I only eat McDonald's out. breakfast. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's so much better. It is. Okay. Ten times better. All right. So the basic framework of the plant uh, dated back to the early 1900s, but the bulk of like the building itself at this point was only about 11 years old. So I guess that means, say... Like, it was an older building, but they, they pretty much renovated it, it enough that it was yeah. basically new Modernized structure. It. Yeah. Um, it had always been used as a food processing, processing plant, um, though not always, like, for poultry. It had been used as an ice cream factory at one point. Oh. But it had a history of, of being used for—it was a plant. It wasn't like it was a house that was repurposed or whatever. It was a plant. Modernizing a plant in the late 80s. Well, this would have been the early 80s when it would have been renovated, right? Um, Yeah, it would have been like around 1980. Yeah, that that meant you just added three extra electrical outlets. (laughs) No, this made it sound like it was more rebuilt, yeah. (laughs) Unlike today where, oh, well, I'm adding HD this and HD that. Oh, right, yeah, I got you that the technology wasn't so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the plant was was actually really big. It was 30,000 square feet, which... For a town that's only five square miles, that seems like it took up a sizable chunk of the town. I don't know. Um, Now, unsurprisingly, because we're about to talk about a disaster, Imperial Foods had a history of safety issues. No. To no one's surprise. Imperial had been cited for safety violations in the 80s at a plant in Pennsylvania that they had, and had two major fires at a plant in Georgia. Jesus, what is it with fires in this? Oh, look, maybe, look, maybe they shouldn't have added those we'll keep e- going. extra electrical outlets. The, <laughs> the situation in Pennsylvania was so bad that Imperial Foods owner Emmett Rowe moved the whole operation into Hamlet. Like, oh, they're, he was no basically shit. like, okay, we're piecing the fuck like, out of here. Getting the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Because he had racked up so many fines from OSHA. Yeah. Which, for those who don't know, Occupational Self Safety safety and Health Health. Administration. Yes, I was going to say, yeah. Occupational Safe and Health. Why can't I say Occupation? (laughs) Occupational Safety and Health Administration. I'm not drunk. I swear to God. It is her first beer. I can testify. Thank you. 
Um, so <laughs> once he came to North Carolina, Roe didn't register the plant with the North Carolina Department of Labor or the local OSHA office. So he didn't have to worry about getting inspected because his plant was essentially off the grid. How the hell? Did, okay, I'm sure you get into it, but... Yeah. <laughs> so basically, and, and I do get into well, that I can, more, Well, I can kind of... Okay, yeah. I, 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 now that I think about it, I can see where, where this would, would lead. Small town, mm-hmm. wanting we the... Need, we need yeah. work. And he probably just told people, oh, yeah, I got the permits and OSHA and everything. I got all, the whole nine... And, and or no one ever asked. Yeah, it's probably a little of both. Yeah. So while there was no history of fatalities at the Hamlet plant itself, um, there were three fires prior to this one in this plant. So this was not at the this, only fire at this Jesus. plant, yes, at the Hamlet plant. So obviously there were issues, but they never, no action was ever taken because yeah, I mean, nobody plant, apparently nobody knew the plant was there except for the people in right, Hamlet. Right, so no one was like being like, "Hey, you got to clean up your act" or anything. And obviously, Emmett Rowe was not doing it himself, so taking upon himself to fix everything. So, so it was kind of only a matter of time before something happened. Right now, there were sprinklers in the building, which would indicate some sort of fire safety mechanism. But there wasn't even a proper fire alarm system that could be heard everywhere in the plant. Apparently, like, you could only hear it in part. Like, if an alarm went off, you could only hear it in part of the plant, but not in the back. Like, it was really fucking stupid. So, now, aside from these, like, direct and clear safety violations and building code violations or whatever... Um, workers at the Hamlet plant also claimed that most of the chicken meat they processed was rotten, which is disgusting. Enjoy omnivores. I did. Yeah. Even, (laughs) even more disgusting, the workers who were claiming that, that the meat was rotten claimed that that that's why they made them chicken nuggets so that it would be less clear that this meat was rotten. Uh, so the rotten taste wouldn't come through. That's the grossest thing. So obviously this was a very shady company when it came to quality and safety. So in addition to their concerns about the rancid meat that they were processing, um, workers were also very concerned, understandably so, about the plant's practice of keeping most of the doors in the building padlocked from the outside, even during business hours, for safe security, right? No shit they didn't register through OSHA (laughs) or any other. My God. Not only that, most of the windows were boarded, again, for security. Fuck? Security from what? Breaking in, people breaking in, and what? Stealing fucking rotting chicken meat? I was just going to, yeah, they're just going to break in and make some some chicken nuggets on site and take off? Yeah. The fuck? Um... By the way, sidebar, barred or boarded windows might seem like a really good idea for security, but do remember that those are um, modes of aggress in case of an emergency like a fire. So you bar up the windows, it's true nobody can get in, but nobody's getting out that way either. either. So Um, No one ever reported the locked doors or the boarded windows or the rancid meat or any of that stuff to authorities because they were afraid they'd lose their jobs. 
Which they probably would, because no, it was like the fucking Wild West when it came to this plant. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the only people that could really report that to would be the fire department. I mean, that that's under that would fall well, under them. Could, no, they could they could report it to the Department of Labor. They could report right, it to but, OSHA. They but could. they'd be like, they'd be like, what company? Who? We don't right, have it. We don't have any record right. of this company. Well, that's assuming the workers knew that they weren't registered. Sure. Which they may or may not have. Uh, I mean, he could true. have been keeping it. But more importantly, like the workers were like, we're going to fucking lose our jobs if it gets back to him. And. And we'll get into it a little bit more, but there wasn't really an anonymous reporting system at that point. Sure. So. All right. So, on to the inevitable, given all that buildup, right? The inevitable disaster that's about to happen. So, the fire at the plant was on Tuesday, September 3rd, which was a workday. Obviously, it's a Tuesday. But not only was it a workday, September 3rd, which is Tuesday, September 3rd. It was the first work day back from a long I was just going to say, labor, yeah, labor, labor Day, day weekend. Was the day before. Yeah. So nobody likes Mondays, but everyone also hates a Tuesday after a three-day weekend. So it was a shitty day to begin with, probably, for most of the workers. Going to work at the Rancid Meat Factory with the locked doors after a Labor Day weekend, which, assuming they got Labor Day off, I don't know what the fuck these people were I was going to say, that that's an assumption in itself, plus probably not getting paid for it, I'm going to guess. Who or, knows? Who the fuck knows? They, that, got, they got like a free... They got a free key to the padlock from outside. That's what they got from Labor Day weekend. Right. In case the place catches on fire to see <laughs> if they can, can get out. Yeah. To see if you can get out. Maybe. Oh, I can maybe get the door open a little bit. <laughs> no, it's like one of those contests. One of you has a yeah, key one that of you starts his car. One oh, of you has a key. Well, the, guy, the guy who had it must be on fire. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, I know. So, and not only, this wasn't a fire at like midnight when no one was there. This was eight 30 in the morning. Oh, wow. Was that? Oh, okay. Yes. So, like, assuming pretty early on in the work day, you know, I don't know if they had shifts or whatever, but... It's a plant, so most likely. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. There were an estimated 90 employees at the plant. Now, I saw numbers ranging from, like, 81 to 90, so somewhere in the yeah. ballpark. Um, there were some... There was some contradictions there. A fire started... And we're going to go a little bit more into this later, so it's going to seem a little anticlimactic as I describe it. But anyway, a fire started in a fryer in the plant, a deep fryer. So now we're not talking like, you know, those little at-home deep fryers or whatever. We're not even talking like a McDonald's fryer where you see or you see like some um, in, a, in an industrial kitchen, they'll be or um, like at a restaurant or whatever. They'll be dipping those baskets into the vats of oil or oh, yeah. whatever. We're not talking even that small. No, we're talking an, an industrial one. This was a 25-foot-long gas-heated deep fryer. So this was a gigantic vat filled with gallons upon gallons of soybean oil frying chicken nuggets. So that's what this thing was. Well, at least they're using soybean oil. Because <laughs> it's cheap. That's why they're using soybean oil. Because it's good for you, too. <laughs> okay. Now, I am actually... this this. I feel like this fire vindicates some of my fears about deep frying. I'm not a fan of deep frying food. I don't mind sautéing or whatever. But frying scares the shit out of me a little bit. Because the oil can pop. And you can get 
like those little like if as oh, it little, hits your arm, burn. Little, yes, yeah. and it's miserable and it really hurts. And also, oil can fucking catch on fire even yes, just from being overheated, you know, and smoke like crazy. So I don't know. I feel very vindicated in my concerns about this cooking method, but. So, like I said, we're going to get into the f- the source of the fire when we get into the investigative part of it. Um, but suffice it to say, a fire got started in this massive fi- massive vat of oil, and it just went up in flames. So, and we're not talking 25 foot long. This room is what? Our bedroom is like... It's probably 8 by 10. 10, 10 feet, maybe? Yeah. 12 max, yeah. maybe? Double yeah. the length. This is a huge fryer. So anyway, workers reacted exactly as one would expect to, like, get the fuck away from that giant vat of flames, basically. And that seems like the correct thing to do. Unfortunately, there was a little bit of a crowd sitch there. Um, and some of the workers actually ended up with trauma injuries. So, like... Uh, scrapes, bumps, bruises, broken bones, oh, sure. maybe, you know, yeah. from trying to Every man out. for himself. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so there was a little bit of a stampede situation compounding it, although that does not appear to have caused any fatalities necessarily. Um, but to, then to make matters worse, as if like a giant vat, a trough of oil burning wasn't bad enough, the fire spread to the ceiling where there were gas lines built into the ceiling, and then the gas oh lines God. exploded. So. And this is probably all happening within an instant. Oh, very quickly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Now, one of the hallmarks of grease fires, and this could just be like in-home, like you have grease that catches fire on the stove sort of thing, um, except on a gigantic scale. But even in... Those little grease fires, the smoke is one of the worst parts. Oh, of sure. It. The Absolutely. The smoke yeah. from a grease fire is really terrible. It's really toxic. Yes. Yeah. So imagine that in this giant trough, oh, in this giant plant. So the the smoke was very, very bad in this situation. Um, and in this case, the smoke was hydrocarbon charged. Um, which basically just means it more easily displaced oxygen, oh, God. which is what asphyxiates people in, mm-hmm. in fires. Um, so, and it was so bad that it was theorized that this smoke could kill someone in just like two or three breaths. So this was, it, it became less Kinda about Kind of like our, uh, our very first episode. Yes. Uh-huh. Station nightclub fire, because the stuff was so toxic to breathe in. And in basically every fire, right, it's not been the fire, it's been the smoke. smoke. It normally That's the is. deadliest, which is very, my grandpa used to tell me that, you know, he was a fire chief, so. And, and that's, you know, so, yeah, that makes sense. So. Now, as I mentioned before, there was a sprinkler system in the plant, but do we think the sprinkler system worked in this situation? No, it did not. Of course not. It just failed. It just absolutely failed. So nothing was stopping the fire and nothing was stopping the smoke. So the smoke actually started creating like a barrier to the workers escaping. They would have to like try and go through this wall of smoke, which was just not really feasible. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't their only barrier. Those fucking padlocked doors kept a whole bunch of people from escaping. So they were trying to get out and they couldn't because the doors were locked from the outside. 
Most of the people who did manage to escape were people working near the front of the building because they could just go out through the main entrance, which was unlocked, I guess, so people could just show up for work or whatever. Start, start separating chickens. And- yeah, like, we'll let you come in. It's just going to be way harder to get out. Oh, this is fucking terrible. Yes, yes. Um, now, some people actually did manage to kick out those um, padlock doors. So a few people yeah. actually did end up, I imagine you're super panicked and like the superhuman strength. Sort oh, of thing. yeah. They probably managed to, yeah. Yeah. Maybe work Probably had a couple and, people mm-hmm. kicking on it at the same mm-hmm. time. This is, this is a really tragic part. So some people tried to just find shelter away from the smoke in the large walk-in freezer oh. in the plant. Um, and five people actually made it out alive. So it okay. wasn't the worst strategy I was going to say, it's not a bad world, idea. But that was five of 17. 12 oh. people did not make it out. Those who died in the course of the fire died mainly from carbon monoxide poisoning from the awful smoke, like we said. So, oh, and hold on, let me, I've got a picture. Uh, so people outside getting treatment oh, from rescue wow. workers. Here's where everybody... So I'm showing you a floor plan. Yep. I think this is on the Wikipedia page, so this can be found on the Wikipedia page. Um, so this is the plant. The key is deceased mm-hmm. and injured. So some people managed to make it out of the loading dock in the back. You can mm-hmm. see there, but there's the walk-in freezer. The, oh, that seems yeah. to be where... You can see everyone was people. trying to yeah. get out. There's a and few people starts- here... Where again? It started. Uh, point of origin, right there in oh, the middle. Okay. Almost in the dead That's middle of the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you can see people are trying to escape here, yeah. and then people are trying to escape here. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, it was really bad. And it was the break room that was the door that was kicked open. Oh, is that showing that there? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Jeez. So they had the, they had the break room... Locked from the outside. locked the from fuck? the outside for security. Oh, yeah, Jesus. whatever. I can't. I'm hoping all sorts of things happen to Emmett Rowe. Is that his name? Yes, Emmett you got, Rowe. You got it. We will get to that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. So while this was all going on, there was a delay in calling the fire department because no one had cell phones in 1991. Well, except for, like, the brick phones. My grandma had say, a brick phone. Except for, like, Wall Street guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, I just picture um, Michael Douglas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Looks like he's holding a mini fridge to his yes. head. Um, but no one could use, because of the smoke and because of the fire, no one could use a phone inside the plant. So, like, they couldn't, they couldn't just call 911 from inside the plant. So what ended up happening was Emmett Rowe's son, the who was the operations manager, Brad Rowe. Brad? Wait a second. Yep, Brad Rowe. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's not a good name. Brad Rowe. Brad Rowe. That sounds like sounds when like people go, Rot Rowe. Yeah, sounds like, Brad Rowe. sounds like somebody's dog. <laughs> yes, yeah, sounds like a Scooby-Doo. Brad Rowe. Brad Rowe. Um, he drove directly to the fire department to report it. Like that oh, was, shit. I guess it was close enough that it made sense for him to do that Just instead of calling yeah, or trying that. to find a house with someone home yeah. or whatever. So over 100 emergency responders ended up on the scene. The fire chief on site was later scrutinized 
for specifically turning down an offer from help for help from a nearby volunteer fire department in Dobbins Heights. He said, quote, in a fire like this, you need good seasoned people, end quote. So I guess he thought that the volunteer workers wouldn't be as helpful. But now there I would think seasoned would be less important than just having enough people to help. But but some people think that the real reason he turned down their help was a, another part of the American South, which is that the Dobbins Heights Fire Department, or, yeah, Dobbins Heights, yes, uh, consisted of African Americans. As did most of the people in this photo. Of the, the workers. The workers in the, yeah, yeah. Yep. But anyway, so the intimation is that the fire chief was like, no, they're black, I don't want help from them. Let's hope not. We don't know. Yeah. Um, however, a really shitty part of living in the South is how much racism still very much comes into play. I mean, in America, writ large, right? But the like, South like of, is like, another... Like one of the biggest chapters of the Ku Klux Klan is not that far from here. Yeah. It's in like Mechanicsburg or something like I don't that? Know. It's It's close to here. Like I think okay. North Carolina has like the biggest... Uh, KKK membership in the country. It's it's, it's, it's possibly one of the most disgraceful parts of. It's the worst part to me about living in the South is the 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 there's history the, is those, one thing. There are those but old the, there are those old wounds. Well, that and are, there are people that are who still, still around. It's not just the wounds. There are people who still believe that. Oh shit. yeah, yeah. And it's old baggage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's still around. And there's. A lot of them, I mean, like you meet a white old timer who's native to this area and you're, you're probably good. Like you can pretty much guess how they feel about race relations, but, and about people of other ethnicities and immigration and everything else. It's really sad and hard to see that that has definitely passed on to future generations of native North Carolinians too. We know some people. Sadly. So, but the weird thing, but the weird thing is, you don't feel that really all that much because we're white. No, 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 no. I'm talking about in like the in the Raleigh area. You don't really. Well, no, we're in a we're in a much more metropolitan area. But you trust us. As many people in this area are from here. Right. There's a lot of transplants. But but trust us, you don't have to go too out too far outside of this metropolitan. Metropolitan area to feel a little. Yeah, we just went back in time like yeah. sixty years. Yeah. So anyway, and I, and I'm guessing Hamlet, North Carolina, <laughs> population six thousand. Oh 000. shit! I didn't even tell everybody. I had that on the first page and I just skipped it. I didn't talk about where Hamlet was. I took that. Oh no no no! Here I it is. You did. No, I just said it was. In, I just went on to like Hamlet is this big, but I forgot to totally mention. Totally forgot to mention where where it is. It's um, it's southwest of here, by like a um, hundred miles. Very close to the South Carolina border, only like sixty miles due directly north of Florence. Oh, okay. So, if you so want, yeah, so it's like sixty miles from Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ha- like Fayetteville's sort of halfway-ish between us and Hamlet. So if that gives any anyway, that was weird that I forgot to say that. Sorry about that. Anyway, 
So for all you on. people at home dying to find out, so, <laughs> yeah, you, can, so you can visit the chicken separating plant in Hamlet. It's not there anymore. I, I would guess. Mm-hmm. I fucking hope not. We'll get to that a little bit more. But anyway, moving on from Southern racism. It, it, <laughs> what? <laughs> I think that's a first for our podcast. <laughs> if there were indeed ninety workers present, which like it was kind of the main estimate I saw, then only eleven made it out without injury. Oh, God. 54 people suffered from burns, respiratory problems, neurological damage, and blindness, not to mention the PTSD. Jesus Christ, yeah. 25 workers died, mostly of carbon monoxide poisoning. I think it was um, 18 women and 7 men. Oh, okay. You're right. That leaves 11 people yeah, un- yeah, with, without without incident. Right, and then some estimates said that there were only eighty one people, which would mean so only that would two. Mean two. Yeah, probably. And the I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Emmett and, and his Brad, son and Bradrow. Bradrow and Emmett. Well, at least Bradrow had the fucking stones to go to the fire department. Yeah. So the investigation into the fire started immediately. Yeah. And started it started as soon as somebody saw padlocked doors on the outside. <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? It started at the state level, and then federal investigators joined a month later. Good. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was going to get all taken care of at the state level, that's for sure. It was found, so now getting into the source of the fire, it was found that the fire was started by a failure in an hydraulic line. So there was a conveyor belt. That supplied the fryer. So basically, I guess, like, the conveyor belt went up to the fryer and dropped all the little chicken nuggets in or whatever. Which I don't know why I found that kind of funny. But anyway, um, at some point before the fire, the hydraulic line that powered the belt uh, started leaking. So as a course of part of maintenance, um, they replaced the the line and its connectors to everything. But they were, oh, so they did maintenance at this plant. That's, well, that's kind it was leaking fluid, so... Oh, that's right, and, and the chicken nuggets weren't getting to the oil, exactly. so they, they had to fix it. Exactly. So, but the, the line that they replaced the old line with was really long and was actually becoming, like, a tripping hazard. So they shortened it. Like, they cut the line, but for some reason, they put the old connectors on. So... Basically, what ended up happening was the connector separated from the line. So the line just came out, came loose, more or less, which splattered hydraulic fluid into the heating lines of the cooker, which turned into vapor, which then went right into the gas flames Mm. that heated the fryer and created a literal fireball, which is terrifying. Yeah. I have such a fear of... Fireballs specifically, <laughs> because my dad, my dad, when he told us stories of things that happened in his family when we were little, he didn't realize that kids generalize things a lot. <laughs> and so, like, my sister and I thought you could never put table salt on anything because you would die of a heart attack. <laughs> because he told us at some point that, like, his grandpa died of, I think what actually happened, he did die of heart failure, he had high blood pressure or whatever, and he was attributing that to the fact that my great-grandfather or whoever oversalted his food or whatever, you know, which caused, so high sodium can cause high mm-hmm. blood pressure, whatever. Well, 
I took it as a direct salt poisons you and makes you die, basically. So I didn't add salt to anything until I was like basically a teenager or adult (laughs) because I thought you would die of a heart attack. Well, so my fireball story and the reason I'm terrified of fireballs is I have a recollection of my dad telling me a story about his mother in a lightning storm. And this is also why I was terrified of lightning for years and years and years um, and storms in general that his mother was in a house when there was a lightning storm and the lightning created a fireball that came crashing through a window in the house. (laughs) I would like to ask him now what the fuck he was talking about. I don't think it was that. That sounds pretty severe and I'm going to guess that's not what happened. (laughs) I'm guessing that either. I've never seen... Well, I guess it could, but I've never seen like a lightning strike. I've never, I don't think you've seen it in a movie, and then like a fireball comes out of nowhere. A fireball. <laughs> Many dramatic things happen to my father's family. I've seen a lightning strike and a car time travel in a movie. <laughs> I, I have seen that. But not a, That's probably more realistic <laughs> than my dad's is. stories. Probably so. is. Anyway, we'll move on. In the end, it came as a shock to absolutely no one who's been listening to this. Um, Except for Emmett, if he's listening. Right? (laughs) It was found in the report by investigators that there had been multiple safety violations which caused and or contributed to the fire and the deadliness of it. The report put out by the investigators included findings of unenforced safety regulations, a lack of emergency lighting, lack of proper maintenance on equipment, lack of shutdown valves on dangerous machinery, 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 and poor staff training. Um, Additionally, the fact that workers had concerns but didn't report them What didn't get lost on investigators, they recommended that the state should establish an anonymous reporting system, like a tip line, basically, you know, so you didn't have to worry about retaliation. Uh, They also recommended an increase of OSHA inspectors in the state, uh, uh, which were apparently the inspections were lagging at the time because of the high workload on the individual inspectors, which just showed a shortage of inspectors. So... Getting to Emmett and Bradrow. As a result of the fire, criminal charges were brought against three people and fines were levied against Imperial Foods itself. So, first on the criminal charges, Emmett Rowe, Brad Rowe, and, who's the operations manager, um, and James Hare, the plant manager, were all charged with non-negligent manslaughter. Now, I don't know what the difference between non-negligent and negligent yeah, manslaughter are, but whatever. They did get charged. Now, there didn't... End- I, it sounds like maybe the non-negligent is, like, maybe like it was manslaughter on purpose, kind of? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. know. Or, like, it was... Yeah. It was so like, bad like that it was, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, like what they done, what they had done was so bad, it had no other choice but to lead to yeah. a disaster. Like it was worse than negligence. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I guess. I don't know. There didn't end up being any trials. Emmett Rowe pled guilty in September of 92, so like a year later, to, to all 25 counts of involuntary manslaughter on the condition that the charges against Brad Rowe and James Hare be dropped, and they the state took it. So it was just all on Emmett Rowe. 
And I think it was probably all on him anyway. Well, for one thing, it was found that he personally ordered that the doors be locked from the outside. He was the one who made that choice, which obviously killed a whole bunch of people. So, he was sentenced to 19 years and 11 months in prison, so just shy of 20 years. Okay. But ended up getting released after serving about four. That's it? Yeah. So I was because I was gonna say okay if he served nineteen years so from so he no, would have been out sentenced and, to nineteen years. right but if he had but served had, it it would have been two thousand eleven when he got out mm-hmm. so he got out in nineteen ninety five or ninety six it depended on yeah. how like when he went to jail but yeah Jesus yeah for I'll I'll just go ahead and say it murdering twenty five hundred people because yeah. that's essentially no, twenty five or twenty twenty five twenty five hundred <laughs> yes he murdered he went. <laughs> He went Genghis Khan on his own plant. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's... Yeah. It, it was... It's, that's, I mean, I, I realize you have to charge manslaughter because... Right, he didn't deliver, because there is, like, Because there is no intent on... Right. And it I was not premeditated no, murder. Yeah. But, God. Like, what else was going to happen? Right. It was pretty... Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Imperial Foods, the company, was fined $808,150, almost a million. Well, sort of, if you round up. For the safety violations, including the locked doors. Now, in terms of the state of North Carolina, um, that was the biggest fine levied by the state. Um, I think to this day, if I'm not mistaken like it still stands as the biggest state levied fine okay now because it was handled on the state level that's why it was only eight hundred thousand dollars if it had been fined on the federal level it could have gone oh it would have been much way more. more yeah but anyway the u.s labor secretary at the time do you know your politics well enough to know who the labor secretary in 1991 under hw was uh <laughs> no peeking it was a lady. It was a okay, woman. Okay, not who I was thinking okay. of. Okay. Lynn Martin. I do not know of her, but she gave a warning to the state of North Carolina being like, look, you've got 90 days to clean up your fucking act when it comes to health and safety violations or we'll take over. Like the DOL, the feds would come in and take over. So the North Carolina General Assembly, the NCGA. The goddamn government taking over my plant. <laughs> So the, the General Assembly, who are not my favorite people ever, I kind of really fucking hate our state <laughs> government. They're pretty backwards. Imagine Congress, but times like a thousand times worse. I don't know. I, I think it's just about the same as our National Congress. I don't the think shit it's, they've done. It's, well, well, they've basically like cock blocks the governor, which they did right before m- fucking McCrory was ousted finally. Is that... And that's just opinion. That's not slander. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty much fact. <laughs> yeah. Shame. Shame on McCrory's head. Yeah, that motherfucker. Anyway. Uh, it, this will not become the North Carolina State Politics <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> that is merely an opinion, not a statement of fact. See, the, I mean, because the weird thing is for people who, I know you said it earlier on, but for people who don't realize, mm-hmm. Raleigh is the capital of North Carolina. Right. So all the state politics right. happen five miles away from down us. Down the road from us, yeah. 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 So. We can see the state capital every time yeah. we go downtown, yeah. Which, yeah, the governor's yeah. office is 
uh, yes, or the, the governor's mansion, mansion is, mm-hmm. yeah, right off of uh, the edge of downtown. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the North Carolina General Assembly took Lynn Martin's warning seriously. They passed 14 new labor laws to help protect workers' safety, and they provided a way for workers to anonymously report their employers without fear of retaliation. Okay, the sad thing is they passed new laws. I know. Like, like, like how, that was never like, a thing before. How were these things, like, not already... I know. Like, bef- well, uh, anyway... And they did increase the OSHA inspectors. They actually almost doubled the number of inspectors. Good. I think it was like from 60 to 114 or something. Still doesn't seem like enough to cover the whole state, but whatever. At least it's more. They come through our plant like once a month. Really? Yeah, they come, they OSHA come through people? a lot. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Well, you're a big operation, mm-hmm. so yeah, I would think. Well, I guess you have this to think for that, yeah. Have you ever heard of um, at your plant? Have they ever talked about anonymous reporting? There is a there's like a, a there's that line? little poster yeah. on the, uh-huh. in the break room that has the the tip line on it. The, that, o, the OSHA tip line that, that came from the, this that came okay. from this. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming anyway because it was didn't exist before. I feel like calling the tip line just because we need three new forklifts. Which <laughs> I don't think that's what it's for. <laughs> it's not, but at least somebody would listen. And it's, be like, it's not for complaints. Not for I just know. general. <laughs> I don't feel like coming to work today, or I don't like that they. My computer's too old. Hey, when when our forklifts fuck up, that means I'm coming home two hours later. So it is a problem. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Just not a safety or health. No. Could problem. be a safety. You never know. Well. One day. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. I'm just going to say that sounds really morbid. <laughs> Shit happens. If. <laughs> can I get just a little little bit morbid and inappropriate here? Sure. If something happens. <laughs> Surrounding me? Okay. We can, we can do it both ways. Okay. If something happened to you, would you want me to keep doing the podcast? I've never... Th- Why not? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> okay, you can totally do the podcast okay. without me. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're it would probably just be me crying. But that, <laughs> but that <would> be. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> but if somebody wanted to listen to a grown man cry for 45 <laughs> minutes, <laughs> some emo kid would. Be like, while he's cutting oh, himself, so listening to uh, My Chemical Romance, <laughs> be like, this is the greatest podcast ever. <laughs> Okay, I just went to a dark place with the emo kid. You did. <laughs> He's cutting. Jeez. Let's move on, shall we, to happier things. This will not become the darkness podcast. <laughs> so, the Imperial Foods plant in Hamlet was closed, obviously. I fucking hope so. And that put 215 people out of work, which well, is not nothing in the, in the area. It's not nothing, but at the same time, they were all going to die eventually. I agreed that that plant needed to go away, but, I mean, it's sort of the unintended consequences, right? Or the extended consequences. The whole thing, the whole incident also led to a big accident insurance lobby in North Carolina. So, insurance companies and businesses, the businesses who had to pay the accident insurance, so from the sound of it, it was kind of like an extension of workers' comp, sort of, um, introduced legislation in North Carolina to limit what compensation would be available to people who got hurt oh, and their families. Yeah. Yeah. Because, of course. That sounds like something the General Assembly would do. Oh, yeah. Um, in the case of the Imperial Foods fire, insurance companies paid out about $16 million total. Oh, okay. I mean, it's something, but 25 people, that's less than a million a person. Uh, that is. So I mean, but I'm, I'm kind of surprised that much got paid out. I yeah, mean, I'm surprised I he even had insurance. 
Yeah, I fair mean, enough. Seriously. Fair enough, yeah. He didn't have anything else, it doesn't sound like. So. Yeah, right? So I'm surprised they let him carry the policy, and it wasn't a violation of his policy not to be, the like, registered with that I'm sure. I'm sure there are all sorts of Shady new scenarios yeah. for many different agencies when this thing yeah. happened. So, unfortunately, but unsurprisingly, a lot of the survivors of the fire ended up having PTSD. Uh, yeah, God, um, yeah. Since 1991, a lot of those workers have died in many cases as a indirect result of their injuries. You know, even if it didn't end their in or end their lives on the spot, like it Shorten caused them. health issues. Yeah, if there was like something that caused cancer or um, it harmed their lungs and, you know, down the line when they were older or something like that. So the plant itself is absolutely (laughs) gone today. There is a small memorial park in its place. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, at least there's that, right? Um, The fire exposed the dangers of food processing practices specifically that become really common in the big business boom of Reagan's 80s, right? There had been widespread commercial deregulation and a lack of safety enforcement all the way around, not just in North Carolina, but nationwide. So this is the Reaganomics era, right? Self-regulating markets and all. It's the continuation of the... Because all, yes, all, all H.W. Bush's presidency was a con- continuation of Reagan. That's, right. That's yep, all it was. Yep. So That's, Sadly, so was Clinton's. But anyway. Right. So, unfortunately, if there is one thing we've learned from this podcast over and over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. it's that businesses will not self-regulate when no. it comes to no. worker health and safety. Business will always 100% watch out for itself and will never, I repeat, never put the health and safety of its workers over its bottom line unless it is specifically compelled to by regulation. The cost of not keeping things to regulation has to be greater than the cost of just foregoing regulation. Oh, yeah. Human lives mean nothing to business. Like, I'm sorry. Fuck no. I'm sorry. But if... And this all... I'm just going to go on a slight tangent here, if I may. If <laughs> looking at the no, time. I'm just seeing I'm just seeing how far we've come in. So T- tangent away. Yes. Uh, now I will I will preface this by saying I am a self-employed individual. I have never been a company man in the sense of been felt like oh I'm part of a family in this company or whatever. But I have seen people who are, and something I've always told people is. Your company, unless you're literally working for some sort of tiny mom and pop or something like that, if you're working for a corporation, I guarantee you they do not give a shit about you. And I mean that. They could not care less about you other than the money you earn for them and the money you cost them. And as soon as you cost them more money than you earn them, you're out the fucking door. That's how people get fired. It's how people get laid off. It's the cost-cost-benefit analysis, right? So if you think you owe loyalty, if you think you owe um, some sort of like, oh, well, I want to be like the, the zealous worker who works, 
you know, when I'm off the clock to show that I'm like a corporate ladder climber, first of all, check yourself and see like, why the fuck do you want to climb the corporate ladder? And second of all, know that if you're, you know, showing lots of loyalty and working really hard and like giving of yourself, you are nothing to them. You are nothing to a corporation. Literally and figuratively, you mean nothing to them. Spend your time, spend your efforts outside of your 40 hours that you got to put in on yourself, on your family, on your loved ones, because those are the people who care about you. Nobody in the corporate world gives a shit about you. Was that a little too dark? (laughs) 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 Should I cut that out? Should I I quit my job? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) No, I'm just saying what you should do if you work for, like I said, not for yourself, not for a small mom and pop or like somebody that like family or whatever. Watch out for yourself. Number one. That's what I'm saying. Watch out 100% for yourself because I guarantee you that's what your company is doing. They are watching out for themselves. So they're covered. You don't need to watch out for them. They're watching out for themselves and they can be immortal. Remember, you're not immortal. You, you're gonna, your life is going to come to an end. A company, a corporation by its very structure is meant to outlive everybody who is currently in it. Yeah, Coca-Cola will probably still be around 100 years from exactly. now. Exactly. Just so as it was around 100 years ago. You don't have that limitless life. They potentially do. So watch out for yourself 100%. You are number one when it comes to you and your work, not your corporation. End rant. End rant. <laughs> if anybody winds up quitting their job in the next couple of days after this uh, airs, please let us know. <laughs> I am not trying. I'm just, I do see people who are just weirdly loyal to their companies. And I say weirdly because that's what it feels like to me. But I know they're just really good people who are trying to do their best and give their best. But unless, like I said, small, small business or nonprofit, there are also nonprofits. I get that. But if you're working for just a standard money making corporation, like just watch out for yourself. That's all I'm saying. Just watch out for yourself. Doesn't mean you have to quit your job. Doesn't mean you don't have to work for a corporation. I'm just saying they're not watching out for you, so you have to. And watch out for your coworkers too. Obviously, you know, if you can work watch out for each other, that's always good too. But that's the thing. And anyone who thinks that businesses will regulate themselves if they're just left alone, I don't know what to tell you other than to say that the the stupid hackneyed expression or oh, cliche I- or whatever that that those who are um those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it or whatever. Like, this will come up if, if it's the more deregulation, the more this shit happens. I had to listen to another. Um, he's not necessarily a right wing guy. His name is Peter Schiff. He's been on Joe Rogan's show a couple of times, mm-hmm. but he was just on it again like three or four days ago. And I, could, I had to stop listening to it because I'm like yeah. pulling my hair out because he's a Wall Street guy. That's how mm-hmm. he made his money. And he's going through the old tomes of, well, we don't need the minimum wage. Uh, You should be able to, um, how the hell was he putting it? You should be able to, not barter, what am I trying, negotiate for your own salary. I'm like, yeah, like that's going to work. Right. Because I'll just find someone else who's willing to do it for less. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and then he's talking about deregulating all that. And I'm just like, I just want to send him, like I've, I've, now I follow him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I just want to send him like the list of all these disasters right. that we've talked about. Because right. every single every single disaster that we talk about mm-hmm. that involves a company, mm-hmm. 
the ingredients are all the same at the end. Always. For the most part, there are yes. some like um, plane crashes and stuff like right. that that aren't necessarily stuff so. that comes with the job. But I'm but, yeah, yeah. But as far as like a, industrial accidents, yeah, yeah, it's all the same. It's always negligence, and it's always people who should have been paying attention weren't, mm-hmm. and agencies just either not being notified or just mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 always the same thing. Yeah, and it always has been and always will be. And I hope this goes without saying, but just in case, if you do work in a business or a workplace that is potentially dangerous, or even if it's not specifically dangerous, but you see something potentially dangerous going on, like, report that shit. Because that could, if not you, it could hurt, harm a coworker. it could, any number of things. Um, and a lot of businesses, in all fairness, are especially more um, dangerous businesses or manufacturing stuff like that are specifically like trying to be very careful about health and safety and have entire safety departments and stuff because but it's not because they want to watch out for you it's because it's regulation and it's money that's why they're doing it if there wasn't the regulation they wouldn't have the fucking safety departments so regulation is is necessary. Like, I'm sorry, but human beings are pieces of shit and just want to make money. Well, greedy. Yeah. yeah. So... And we'll uh, take advantage of other people. Exactly. So we need regulation. We, we do, unfortunately, and until... Yeah, you can have the conversation, are there some regulations that were poignant 50 years ago and are kind of useless Yeah, for? there's, yeah. there's you stuff can like make, that. And, and are there some that maybe need to get rid of that because they just don't... In this age, they don't. It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't apply or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah, we can have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But to say like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say get rid of all of them because that, that's right. what they really want. Yeah. Oh yes. But they just. But every unfettered capitalism. But every year it's want. every year it's let's get of this, let's get of this, mm-hmm. and after twenty, thirty years, chip away. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> end of end of rant. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm sorry to go off like that, but this this made me feel like I've always been against companies, even when I was working for companies. I flat out told my bosses in the past, like, this place could fucking go up in flames when I'm not <laughs> without here. Without me in it. Without me in it, and I won't give a shit. I just hope everybody, if everybody made it out alive, that's good. I don't care about the company. Company can fucking go under for all I give a shit. It would be sad for people losing their jobs, but the company means nothing. The company isn't a person. It's getting treated more and more as though it is. I was going to say that's not necessarily true. (laughs) And now in this country, we're giving companies rights, which is (laughs) fucked up. But yes, what? please, please, please watch out for yourself. You are the most important part of your work, not your company. So keep that in mind while you're working. Keep yourself sane. Keep, you know, be good to your coworkers and watch out for each other. And um, absolutely call motherfucking OSHA if you need to, you know. And if you want to take out your rage on something, I suggest you get a copy of either Grand Theft Auto Five <laughs> or Fallout 4. And there's just you can just kill shit for hours. It's fun. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, sorry for that rant. At least it wasn't drunk Rachel ranting. That would have been a lot less coherent. And it might have been longer. <laughs> it probably would have been. <laughs> but that, my friends, was the Hamlet Chicken Plant Fire. God. Like, I can't... 
I can't imagine. Here's what I was thinking the whole time. How desperate do you have to be to work in a place where they lock the doors on you from the outside? When you live in a town of 6,000 people, after you were in an industry that went completely bust, you're in a tiny place. You have no mobility. It's taking advantage of desperate people. Yes. And who knows? Again, a hallmark of business, taking advantage of people. Um were there any statistics as far as like what they made or was that even available or You mean like what specific types of products? No no no, how much money the people oh, made? Oh like, no, did I they didn't, make a no, decent I didn't, wage I didn't at all? I didn't see any okay. of that. I I didn't see any reference to labor violations as in like labor laws of sure. at, according to like overtime, um hour 40 hour work week, minimum wage, that sort of thing. So it doesn't appear on the face of it that that was an issue per se. Mm-hmm. Um I, I imagine... But I'm guessing if he's chaining the doors from the outside, he's probably paying them dick, too. I, I can't imagine that the corporate culture was very yeah, nice or, or terribly kind to the workers, but I, I did not see anything specific about that. Well, if, if he... Do we know? Is he still alive? I don't know, and I didn't okay. look it up. Um, he was... I think he was 65 at the time, so he... Oh, when be, the fire happened. Yeah, so okay, I think so he he'd be, be... almost 90. Yeah, if he's still around, he's very, very old. Brad Rowe probably still is. Brad Rowe. Brad Rowe. So, yeah. hopefully he, he, uh, learned his lesson from all of that and ended up going straight and narrow in future business uh, endeavors. Well, it's, well, who knows? I just hope Emmett, if he has passed since, I hope it was slow and torturous. Well, I mean, no... Yeah, I do. Well, I, I don't take that back. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know. I I'm glad he served some jail time. I'm glad there were. I'm glad at there least, were criminal charges at all. True. At least there were Frankly, some consequences. Yeah, and he was. He was. He would have been. I think this was all on the state level. Sure. So he didn't like serve time in like a nice fancy federal prison or anything. So he probably served it right down the road. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We live not <laughs> far from the state prison. Yes. <laughs> death row, right? Yes. Isn't death, that's where row death row there? is. And it's what I find so ironic is that our like our state prison or whatever it is is located like. Within spitting distance of a school for the blind. It is. Yes. Which seems really weird. Like, is it? Well, that's why they have the fences outside the prison so the blind kids don't wander in there. That's come on. Come on. After after this episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. This millennial's not going to laugh at that. No. Some millennial who's listening will. And if you are that millennial, tweet at us. At, at us. At, at us. <laughs> All right. I think we're done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go off on what I said. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so this is, or uh, I'm sorry, that was yes. the Hamlet chicken plant fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a disgusting setup of a tragedy and... And those poor people. Yes. Just going to work. Just trying to just fucking trying grind to, it out. On a Tuesday after Labor Day. Literally trying to grind it out. Yeah, I guess technically. Literally trying to grind out chicken parts. Yeah. For McNuggets Which couldn't or, have been a, a great job, like yeah. a pleasant job. Yeah. Just trying to earn a living in a, you know, some little town. Yeah. Just so they can go fishing on the weekend or something, you know. Or just, just, do, just feed their families. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So, ugh. I hate the, I hate fires. Especially they're, they're like bad. this. Oh. Yeah. So once again, that was the Hamlet Chicken Plant Fire. Yes. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next week.